how we want the light of Jesus to shine all over this world and in this room, in this city. So just stand up on your feet with us. Hallelujah. There you go. Put your hands together this morning. Salvation. Salvation rise as we sing of your freedom. Leave the past behind as we look to your kingdom. You bridge a great divide between our hearts and your glory. Our shame dissolves in the depths of your mercy. We are devoted. We are devoted. We are devoted. We are devoted to you. your salvation rise. Sing it again. Salvation rise as we sing of your freedom. We leave the past behind as we look to your kingdom. You bridge a great divide between our hearts and your glory. Our shame dissolves in the depths of your mercy. Say we are devoted. We are devoted.
God, we lift up your name in this place. God, we're devoted to you. God, we're committed to you. God, we're committed to, to serving you. We're committed to walking in your ways, God. Can you just raise your hands with me this morning? Can we just sing a song of adoration to him? Can we just tell him how much we love him this morning? We're devoted, we're committed to you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you in this place, God. There's no one like you, Father. We love you, Jesus. We come for you, Lord. We come to lift up your name, Jesus. There's no one above you. There's no God besides you. You alone are King of kings and Lord of lords. Jesus, we raise up your name, God, higher, higher than all things, God, higher this morning. God, we lift you up because you're good, because you're sovereign, because all your ways are righteous, all your things are good, God. We thank you that every perfect gift comes from you. Hallelujah. Come on, let praise come out of your mouth this morning to Jesus. You are good, God. You are good, Jesus. You are faithful, Jesus. And we love you, we love you, we love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We fill this place with our praise. We fill this place with our praise this morning. We lift up our praise to you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you guys are glad to be in the house of God this morning? He is good, amen. He is faithful. Oh, Jesus. God, our desire this morning, Jesus, isn't to hear ourselves sing. But our desire, God, the reason why we've come is to know you more. The reason why we come, the reason why, God, we get into worship, the reason why we hear words from our minister, God, from the pastor, God, is because we want to know you more. God, that is the cry of our hearts, Jesus. Man, church, this morning, let's just get alone with God right now. Why don't you close your eyes with me? Let's get alone with Jesus. And if that's the desire of your heart is to know him more, come on, just get that in your heart right now. God, I want to know you more. God, I want to hear your voice clearly this morning. God, I want to touch your heart with my worship, Jesus. I want to be near you, God. Come on, just tell him that this morning in your own way, in your words this morning. God, I want to know you. I want to know you more. More than yesterday, Jesus. I got to have you this morning. Jesus, we want to know you more, Father. I want to know you, and I want to know you, you are all I want, I want to know you more, come on, the words are easy, just tell them with your heart, say I want to know you.
Jesus, one day with you, God. One moment with you is all we want, Jesus. You want more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Tell them, your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Your love, your love is more than enough, more than enough. More than enough, just tell Jesus, your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Your love is more than enough, more than enough, more than enough. Yes, you want Jesus. Yes, you want God. Your love is more than enough for me, God. Love is more than enough, God. We just want to be in your presence. Oh, Jesus, we love when we're sitting in your presence. We love to be at your feet, God. Hallelujah. We just want to be with you, Jesus. Say, I love.
Let's just take these moments to love on Jesus. Let's go after God. Let's ask him for more of his love in our lives. If this is something new to you, then all you have to do is just close your eyes, think about Jesus, and tell him from your heart you love him. But for those who are worshipaholics, you just want all you can get today. The Bible says the heavens are open to the hosts that believe. He is pouring out his spirit. Hungry hearts will be filled. Hungry hearts will be filled. Oh, let's thirst after living water. Deep cries out to deep. So my soul longeth after you, God. Come on, we are spiritual people. We need God, the Holy Spirit, to touch us in our spirit today. Don't spend your money on things that don't satisfy. Drink deep of the love of God, the power of God, the healing of God. The joy of God, the peace of God. Oh, yes, God. Yes, God. We're coming after you, God. We're coming after you, God. We're coming after you today, God. We want more than just a little today. Oh, we want our souls to be filled with overflowing power and presence that comes from your throne. Oh, if somebody has a word or anything on their heart that God is giving, we believe in tongues and interpretation. 
prophecy, the gifts of the Spirit. God is in this place. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. affirm that word today if you are just needing God's nearness would you just raise your hands as a sign of surrender and just with your words just tell him Jesus be near me come on don't worry about what your neighbor thinks just say Jesus be near me you may be facing a difficult time right now God spoke a word through our dear sister to encourage you he's near you Jesus is near you it may not always feel like it but he's encouraging you today. He is near you. Oh God, you are near us. You are near us. Come on. Come on. Come close to Jesus. Come close to Jesus. Don't hide. Don't be like Adam and Eve who run and hide from the Lord. Come away from your fig leaves. And just come to Jesus. He loves you. Is there another word in this house today that God may have placed upon your heart? We believe in God speaking to his people. We wait on you, Jesus. Lead us into your presence, God, deeper, Lord. Hallelujah, God. believe that's a call from the Lord to go into dark places today's message is going to be so about that if you just sense that God's putting a call on you to reach this community for Jesus would you just place your hand over your heart right now come on and just say God set my life on fire come on this little light of mine I'm going to let it shine 
Put it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Jesus, you've called us to be the light of the world. We call for a militant church, God, that will shine your gospel light in dark places, that won't back down, God. If that's you right now, just begin to name out those places God's putting in your heart. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Just start to name out those places right now that you want to see light begin to shine in. Come on, Jesus, shine your light. Shine your light in Chicago. Shine your light in our neighborhoods, God. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God, we love you. Come on, just sing it again, sister. Let's all just sing it together. Take a hold of my heart. Take a hold of my mind. Can we just put up the band a little bit? Come on, let's just get passionate today. Jesus, sing it with them today, friends. It's all about God. God is ever present with us, and He wants you to feel Him. Yes. I can feel you now. Yes. And if you want, I want it so bad, God. Here I come, Lord. And now, yes, Jesus. Your love is giving you us now. Come on, one more time. If you want it, and if you want it, yeah, come and get it. For crying out loud, I'm crying out loud to you, Jesus. Giving you us never been down. Jesus, would you just hold hands across this congregation right now as a family? Just wherever you are, would you hold somebody's hand? So good to see you here. We're just going to pray now for you and for this city to get touched by God. Amen. Lord, we pray that every person that came here this morning for you will be used by you to change your world. And that today, whatever need we have as individuals, you'll begin to meet those needs. You'll give us your power, your love, your presence, God. And that we'll know we're not alone. That, Lord, you'll build your church. The gates of hell will not prevail. Lord, use us, God. We call on your name. Bless each person here. Fill them with your power. God, in Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Will you bless the Lord today? God bless you. Come on, will you slap your neighbor high five and say welcome to the house of God? Amen. Would you stay standing on your feet as we play a welcome video and just greet one another? Would you do that now? Welcome to Metro Praise. So good to hear, see you here this morning. Just make yourself at home. Greet some people today. Stay standing. Don't be quick to grab a seat. We want to welcome you.
Amen. So good to see everyone here. If you could begin to make your way uh, back to your seat. DJ, keep those jams going for me there, please. Oh, man. Can you just look at your neighbor and say, thank you for coming? Amen. So good to see you here this morning. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. We are so glad to have you here at our second service, 10 a, uh, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and we're just so glad that you're here. We have a midweek service every Wednesday at uh, 7 p.m. It's our encounter night. Can everybody say encounter night? Thank you. Uh, we have Royal Rangers and Impact and Prayer Meeting there. And uh, last Wednesday of every month, we do a family night. And this family fun night is going to be on sharing the love. Everybody go share the love. Amen. So this is what we do for you and your friends every Wednesday, uh, last Wednesday of every month. It's a family night. So we got a movie in here, Soul Surfer, about a girl who lost her arm to a shark but kept surfing for Jesus. So you know you're radical if you're surfing without an arm. So we're going to be playing that movie in here. And then out there, we have like the Wii, the video games. And when the weather gets good, we always go outside with bouncy tables, uh, bouncy things for kids. So come out this Wednesday. Bring your friends. It's a great time for those that may not come to church. Okay? Everybody say, okay. It's fun. All right. And then LOVE. Amen. Youth group every Friday at 730. Uh, just, man, God is blessing you guys. Keep coming out. Adam is in Mardi Gras right now with a lot of the youth leaders. we got about a dozen people out there. And we need to pray for Mardi Gras right now for the evangelists and all the, the ministries out there. But uh, Elevate, keep coming out every Friday at 730, 11 to 18 teenagers. And I'm going to wait for these announcements to come to you. I think most of you got them. Let's pray for Mardi Gras. Eshmael, would you come and pray? You've been there before. 400 SGM students out there a dozen of ours and probably 2,000 Christians all together. Pray for God to use them out there. Absolutely. Hallelujah, Lord. You are such a good God. Lord, you left heaven. Jesus, you put on an earth suit to reach out for us. Lord, you, you put on flesh, Lord. And on the cross, you died for sinners like us, Lord. But it all started with you reaching out for us, Lord. And Lord, as our evangelists are there reaching out to the, to the hurt and broken and to those that are practicing just debauchery on the streets, Lord, I pray that you show up, God. I pray that your Holy Ghost will permeate Bourbon Street right now, even as we pray, Lord, that people will come under intense conviction, Lord, and say, I'm a sinner and I need to repent. Jesus, I pray you show up, Lord. You are there already through our evangelists. You, they are your mouths. They are your hands. They are your feet. Bless them as they preach, Lord. Give them words of affirmation, Lord. Let's, let healings happen on the street, God. Let deliverance happen on the street, Lord. Let chains be broken in Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say, Narlins for Jesus. Amen. Thank you for those prayers. Keep them in prayer. They're going to be there till Tuesday. Tuesday's the worst day. Debauchery. I'm talking nudity, uh, just uh, graphic violence. They get they get very uh, violent out there once they get drunk and uh, pray for protection. But we go out there. God protects them. Souls get saved. Last year we saw about 200 souls saved. Amen. So it's worth it for them. So here's our Sunday schedule, 9 and 11. Wednesday's at 7 midweek. Friday's youth group. If you're visiting with us in the back, we have a welcome center. VIP. Love to hook you up. 
and we want you to be a part of what God is doing. And at the website, metropraise.org, we got some good things going on. Uh, Andrew, would you put it up there for me now, please? Monica did a great job. Monica does all of our graphic design on our website, and she put some new things up here. I want to show it to you guys so you can share it with your friends. Everybody say friends. Okay, it's okay to have fun in church, all right, guys? This is me having fun. If you want to be friends, you can say friends. But I like to go, friends, look at your neighbor and go, BFFs. Okay, come on, let's have fun. Okay, Irving Park Campus is where you guys are. Wicker Park's doing their thing. Okay, and go up here to uh, media. We put a new section up here called archives. Sermon players, where you get the live sermon player. Now we got a place for the archives. Bam, there they are in the different series we've been doing. Click on Nine Mountains for me. Pro favor, gracias. Now scroll up. You get a little summary there. Thank you. And then all the videos, and then you can send them to your friends. Everybody go, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And then something else I want to share with you, if you go back up here, go to Revolution. We're going to be talking today about missions and all these different things, but you can see our church is over 200 around the world in five different locations. Amen. And here's where you can learn about it. Our mission trip last year to India and Nepal with Pakistan, etc. So it's all on the website. It's all there for you and online giving and all that good stuff. Can you say amen? Amen. So these are the resources we're making available for you online just to keep getting the word out there about what God is doing. It's all F-R-E-E free. We want to change the world. Do you know, I mean, I get, I get emails from all over the place about what God is doing in the vision. Can somebody say the vision? Thank you. Metro Praise has a very singular vision from when we started seven years ago. Loving God, loving people. Jesus said the greatest command is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. How many think that's pretty important? Amen. I was on a plane yesterday. This girl is there, and she's like, oh, you're a pastor. And she's like, oh, that's so nice. And we were talking, and then I gave her a card and said, loving God, loving people. And she's like, that's so cool. My church does that. And I'm like, yes, every church should do that. That's what we're here to do. Amen. Love God, love people. It doesn't change. Now, our strategy is very simple. Everybody goes, strategy. Thank you. We have a strategy of how you can love God and love people with us. We want to connect you to the cross, teach you the cross, and send you out with the cross. Can you say amen? Amen. The way you can connect to the cross at Metro Praise is through life groups. Does anybody in this church get life at life groups? Come on. Come on, somebody. We have over seven adult life groups meeting throughout the week, three youth life groups that are meeting, and these are a place for you to connect with a mentor, a leader, home Bible study, community uh, outreach. We have in our first service an entire Filipino family that has been reached from door-to-door -door evangelism from their life group, and another Latino family that was reached by being invited from work to a life group that now is part of the church. Can somebody say amen? So here they are right here. They're going on throughout the week. And actually today's message, we're going to talk about this and how God has been using them. But we want you to connect through a life group and find a place where you belong. Seven for adult, three for youth. It's a time of Bible study in the home, personal friendship, getting to know people. You can be weird and shy if you want to be, okay? Look at your neighbor and go, it's okay. It's okay if you want to be like that. But get out your shell and have some fun. Then somebody say, mentor. Thank you. When you are there, you can say to the life group leader, would you disciple me? Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples. Not just church members, Sunday church goers. He said, come and make disciples. Your life group leader will take you through what we call the 101 book, one-on-one, -on -one, and it will change your life. And then when you go through that, we will mentor you for a year in this 12-step book to Christian leadership. And let me just tell you a testimony about this. I was at uh, New Orleans. I'm also a Bible college professor there for the school. Pastor 
pastor of 5,000 members, Dennis Watson from Celebration Church, four campuses in New Orleans, one of the best churches in New Orleans. I see him sitting in my session. I'm teaching. He's sitting in my session. You want to talk about intimidating. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just started to sweat. That would be like Michael Jordan showing up to your kid's high school basketball game, okay? That's what it felt like, you know? And so, like, I'm just, like, looking at him and going, what am I going to do? And at the end of it, he said, Pastor, I've heard a lot about you, and I want to shake your hand. I want to learn all about your discipleship. He said, God has been blessing us. We've been doing wonderful things, but I want to know more about discipleship. You see, the passion of Metro Praise has been discipleship ever since we began to reach one, to teach one, to reach one, to go out there and do what Jesus did. And it's making a difference right now. It, God is using it. So my friends, take advantage of it. It's free online. If you can't afford the book, if you want to pick up one, they're back there. And then somebody say, send. Amen. Once you've connected to the cross, you've learned the cross. We send you with the cross to change the world. We believe we can have 50 campuses here with 100,000 disciples and 500 around the world. If you believe it, pump your fist and say, Let's do it. Amen. You're all crazy radical. That's the way I like it. I like it like that. I want you to open up your Bibles to Malachi chapter 3. We're going to talk about why we are raising funds right now at the beginning of the year. Malachi chapter 3 is going to change your life. You will never be the same after you read Malachi chapter 3. You'll be so blessed. You're going to go home and tell all your friends what you just read today in church. Malachi chapter 3. As you're turning here, I want to share with you what's going on at Metro Praise. We turn seven years old next month. We started in my wife and I's house, and we've built it to what it is today. We've tied ourselves to discipleship. You know that because we tell you the vision every single week. Sometimes people come to the church and they go, you know, I don't think this is for me because, you know, I'm looking for something else. And we go, that's okay because, you know, what, you're making room for others to come. But for those that come and say, this is what God's called me to do. I want you to hear, and this is what you're supposed to do. I want you to hear my heart. We need partners to keep doing what we do. We have pledge seats in the back that tell you where the money we're raising is going, and every month we give you monthly reports right here. How many know we're doing a good job at that? Can you say amen? Every month you get our monthly report up here. Come the first week of March, you'll see our monthly report. We as a church have to continue to grow, and we have to clear off debt in the past. Like anybody who lives in this world, money doesn't grow on trees. So where does it come from? It comes from good people. Can you say amen? But here's the thing I want you to see today. It comes from partnership. God is wanting to partner with you. And the church is the middleman between that partnership. Now, if you're saying to yourself, Pastor, I don't want to partner with Metro Praise, I'm asking you, please find the church you want to partner with and go be a blessing to them instead of a lump on a log here. Are you guys tracking with me? So if you're just like, I don't like Metro Praise and all of this, and I don't want to do it. Okay, don't do it. And just take your little pity patty self down the road and go find that perfect church and do it there. Because if you don't do it at all, you are in trouble with God. Is everybody with me? But if you say, man, I'm called here, I pump my fists and I say, let's do it. Well, then this is for you. We all can work together in this. There is a trust that God will use us. Amen. As you're looking at Malachi 3, I just want to tell you something. I was there in Mardi Gras meeting some awesome pastors. Some churches, five, ten thousand members. And one of these pastors, he came up to me. And uh, they had flown there on a private jet. And I think it's okay for jets, uh, pastors to have jets because they should be go out jet setting preaching the gospel. Amen. So I wasn't hating. I was celebrating. He, he, he's not a bad man. He's a good man. He needs it. But he sat down with me and he pointed to the gentleman next to me that had the plane. And he said, this gentleman right here is a big supporter to our ministry and allows us to do what we do. 
And I looked at the gentleman. I said, I said, what do you do for a living? And they're in the south part of Louisiana. He says, I work in the oil industry. And I just took him by the hand. I said, God bless you, brother. I got 200 churches. We're supporting around the world. Would you like to help out? And he chuckled and laughed. But I was like, I'm serious. So he chuckled and laughed. But then when we got done at the end, I, just, I took him by the hand. And I said, brother, we just want to thank God for you in the, in the kingdom of God. I said, I'm going to keep you in my prayers. That God blesses you so you can continue to bless this church and the other churches you're called to support. Amen. But you know what? As much as I love meeting big givers like that and people who can really make it happen like that, you know what the church is built of? It's built of people just like you and I who get together and do our part. The people of Israel were just like us. And God devised a system, tithe and offering. Tithe is 10% of our total income. We give it to God. So the one who makes $100 a month, they're giving $10 a month because that's their best unto God. The one that's making $100,000 a month gives 10000 to God because that's their tithe. Can you all say a tithe? Thank you. But what happens in here is there's a partnership. And I want you to see it in Malachi 3, because when I said to this man, I said, I'm going to pray for you, because I want God to continue to bless you. You know what he said? He said, it's such an honor to partner with churches. He said, it's the greatest joy of my life to help these men accomplish their vision. You see, he understood the principle. He's a partner with that church. And I want you to get that principle today. You're a partner with Metro Praise. Look at Malachi chapter 3, please, verse 6. I, the Lord, do not change. Somebody say, He doesn't change. Amen. Thank you. So you are your descendants, O Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. He says to the people of Israel, would you look up at me, please? He says, you guys keep sinning and going against my commands. If you come to me, I will come to you. So many times in the church, we're looking for God to do something else. He's already sent the, the Son of God to come, die on a cross, be buried, and raise again on the third day. He's already sent the powerful Holy Ghost to live inside of you. He sent the apostles to give you the Word of God, the church, to, to have it and keep it safe for 2,000 years. And He sent you today another messenger. God has done everything on His behalf to extend the hand of relationship to you. But what He's saying to you is, will you return to Him? Amen. So he's done everything he can. He sent Jesus. He sent the Holy Ghost. He gave you his word. He's given you the church and the breath in your lungs. He's extending the hand. And he says, will you return to me? It's on you now. Amen. And now look, they, they ask. They say, how shall we return to you? The end of verse 7, into verse 8. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But we ask, how, you rob, how do we rob you? He said, in tithes and offerings. You're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Please listen to me, my friends. I know there's charlatans. I know there's Pentecostal pimps that are calling themselves pastors. I get it. But that's not happening here, amen? We actually believe that those people will go to hell and be held to a higher standard as well because the love of money is the root to all sorts of evil, and you can't serve God in money. So any pastor that serves money, he's in trouble with God, amen? But we're not talking about them today. We're talking about a good pastor and good leadership and a good church that wants to do good things with money, amen? So God is saying to you today, will you return to him? And why is he pointing out money as the source of the proof that you're returning to him? Why is it when Jesus said you cannot serve two masters, you either hate the one and love the other, love the one, hate the other. You cannot serve God and blank. When he filled in that blank, why did he say money? You cannot serve God and money. When he contrasted your greatest comp- his greatest competition to being a master in your life, why did he choose money? And why did he choose money here as the sign that you returned to him? And why did he say money is the root to all evil? You see, because money is 
the greatest way we expose our selfish ambition and selfishness and pride in this life. It's my money. It's my job. I buy it for my, these things for my family, my house. I'm a good man because of all the things I do. I'm self-made. Money is the greatest expression of our selfishness and pride and rebellion. That's why he said you can't serve it in God. That's why he said when you return to me, that's the first way I'll know you're really coming to me is when you let go of what's in your wallet, I'll know I have your heart. And when you serve me, all types of evil will get out your heart because your money won't be your God anymore. That's just the Bible, friends. Can you say amen? Thank you. Now, here's the partnership. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe. Come on, somebody say the whole tithe. Into the storehouse. Thank you that there may be food in my house. About 7% of Christians tithe. That means 93% of Christians who go to church don't do their best to tithe. All together in America, we give $40 billion to the church. That's pretty awesome. That's a big number, $40 billion to the church. But you know what that is comparable to in our culture? We give $40 billion to pets. We give $60 billion to the weight loss industry, and we spend $110 billion on fast food. If we stopped spending $110 billion on fast food, we wouldn't need the $60 billion for weight loss, and we could give it to the church and change the world. Amen? And if you don't like that, we can eat your pet and save another $40 billion. Amen? Whether it's a bird, a snake, a lizard, or a dog, it's yummy to the tummy. I will eat me some dog. Amen? Okay, anyways, we won't get you upset. Just keep thinking happy thoughts. The Bible says we're wasting it, and we see it in our own culture. Here's the partnership. Come on, somebody say the partnership. If we bring the tithe into the storehouse, there's food in his house. When we bring our tithe here, the lights turn on. You understand that, right? The bills are paid, $8,000 a month to rent this facility. The vehicles that pick up, we have two vehicles that pick up those that don't have transportation. Gas is put into there. Every youth vent is for free. What we do on Wednesdays, we pick up almost 20 young people from the west side, all for free for them to come here. When you begin to do that, you're providing for God's house. See, that comes first. Return to God. Give to God what is God's. Return to him. Now look what he says. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will now throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room for it. The challenge is here to us today. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? See, if Jesus raised from the dead and the Bible is true, that is true today, my friends. So I'm not here to discourage you in economic hardship. I'm not here to put you down and make you feel bad. If, if you're not able to write a check for this amount that we need the rest of it, I'm just here to challenge you today to get in partnership with God because the same God that lives inside of you and loves you and provides for you emotionally wants to provide for you financially and take care of you. And he's asking for a partnership. He's asking you to return to him, to test him, and he'll do it for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet, please? Thank you. We have already raised $6,829. Can we give it up for Jesus? Amen. Thank you for allowing God to use you. A little bit more than 18000 to go. Like I said, the pledge sheets are in the back for your benefits. We don't even ask you to put your name, social security number. We're just saying, let's go big for God. And then we listed out the budgetary things that that it's going to. So we can go big for God here. Pay off debt. Continue to fix our vehicles and move forward for God. I can't thank you enough for believing that with me today. I want to give you an update on what we're doing around the world. We're in four different nations right now. India, Nepal, Pakistan, and Nigeria. We're in two places in India, northern and south. So it's five locations and four nations. We have received 
two pastors' invita uh, invitations to go to the Philippines. They're filling out the application this Thursday. I'll be meeting with them to verify it. Now listen to this testimony. It's so awesome. We have a whole family fills up these rows right here that come for the first service from the Philippines. As we're beginning to get to know them and find out who they are, we find out they're from Davao City, the southern part of the Philippines, which is being invaded by the Muslims. Okay. While we're figuring that out, we receive the emails from these pastors because they saw our materials online because we have them online for free. They want the materials and want us to come. They are from the same city and they never even spoke to each other. The third confirmation comes that those that are here went to Bible college out there when they were in the Philippines. When I was in Fort Wayne, Indiana, part of First Assembly, my youth pastor would take a team out to the Philippines. Guess what city they would go to as a team? The same Davao city. She saw the friend that I have, Chad Davis, is the same friend that would come down on mission trips to do it with her. It is a trifecta boom shakalaka. Let's take the Philippines in Jesus' name. There's about 10 churches right there right now. We're, Lord willing, we're going to interview them. The process will go from there to us being there in the fall, so uh, in, in August. So what we normally do is we go from Chicago to uh, northern India, southern India, back to northern India, to Nepal. Pakistan flies down to Nepal and meets us. Then what we will do, Lord willing, is we will fly to the Philippines. Now think about this. We go to the east coast from New York over to India. Then going east, we go to the Philippines. Then we will come back through the west coast of California back home. We will literally... Whoop, go right around the glove. Look at your neighbor and go, whoop. <laughs> so as we give our tithe, keep the offering of building and missions fund in your heart today. Amen. Praise God. We believe that today. God can use us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for a great vision. You've asked us to be faithful to for seven years. And uh, Lord, today you've given us a great church here with another campus at Wicker Park. And uh, now soon to be five nations with six locations, God, over 200 churches. Lord, we ask you to build your kingdom in us and through us. And we ask you to provide for your people here in Chicago. Lord, I hear their cries. Just Pastor Madhav, the other day of Nepal, he was saying, Joe, I pray for you in Chicago. Because as it goes for you there is how it goes for us here. When God blesses you there, you're able to bless us here. He said, so I pray for your people there in this hard time of, of economic crisis. And so, Lord, with their prayers, we join with them. Bless your people here. Provide jobs and educational opportunities, God, and increase, Lord, and favor, Lord, unto them and their children's children, so that, Lord, we can be good stewards of it and give to your house that there may be food. And, Lord, as we do, would you open up the heavens and pour out a blessing that we don't have enough room to receive. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Let's say what Paul said on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come rejoicing as you give today? Thank you so much. Amen. Will you open up your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. So good to see you. We look at your neighbor and say, it's good to see you here. Awesome. My mom and dad are here uh, taking care of the babies because Nancy's out in New Orleans. Have you guys been having fun? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Do you guys want to keep staying for another couple of weeks?
Everybody, uh, my kids love Grandma and Grandpa. So good to see you here. Glad that you came out today with us. We are in the eighth lesson of a nine-lesson series on the nine mountains of influence. Uh, This has been a blessing to us because it's talking about a mountain in our culture, peaks where people look up to, and these are the mountain peaks, family, church, business, government, media and arts, charity, education, community, and missions. And we've been talking about how Metro Praise as disciples can be the best, and not just the best, but the best of the best of the best, okay? Does anybody remember Will Smith from Men in Black? The best of the best of the best of the best. Okay, just for me, just shake your head like this. That's enough. Don't lie in church. Everybody say the best of the best. Amen. And so when it comes to church, uh, when, excuse me, when it comes to family, who should have the best family? Christians. When it comes to a religion, who should have the best religion? The church. Jesus here. When it comes to businesses, who should be the best? Christian businessmen and women. How about the government? Christian men and women should be in the government. Media and arts. We should see all of this permeating the culture. Isn't it so sad with ha- what happened to Whitney Houston? Why couldn't she have just stayed with the Lord? You know, everybody's trying to convince us now. She loved Jesus. She loved Jesus. You know, uh, they're telling us behind the scenes she was weeping and crying i get it i don't even doubt that but why didn't she do it in front of all of us sold 140 million albums we needed her to represent christ amen and charity we should be the best helping the hurting education in the high schools and into the colleges we should be the best as we talked last week that harvard princeton yale oberlin university all the ivy league colleges were not just christian colleges they were bible college focused And then we are going to learn today about community. And last but not least, next week we'll talk about missions. And all of them can be found online as well as online giving there. So I forgot to add that. Uh, Some of you like to give online. So I want you today to prepare your heart for community. Can somebody say community? Amen. Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Who has all authority today, friends? Who has all authority? I don't believe it. Come on, you got to make me believe it. Who has all authority? Can we do a little bit louder than that? One, two, three. Jesus. All right. When I say Jesus, you say Christ. Say Jesus. Jesus. Okay, there you go. You're up this morning. Jesus has all authority. Jesus and the devil are not arm wrestling. This is not some Rocky Balboa fight where Jesus gets punched a whole lot and then finally in the last round he knocks out the devil. The devil has already been defeated. Death could not hold him down. He is stomping on the head of a serpent called Satan. He gave you the same power. Amen? Now, what did he give you that power for? So you could pray for a good parking spot at Father and Sons today? Did he give you that power so that you get back a little extra on your taxes? Wink, wink. Come on. Did Jesus give you that power just so you could find a good deal at Macy's? Jesus gives you that power to therefore go and make disciples. In the Greek, Matheteus, followers of Jesus Christ, devoted students of the Master. That's what that word means. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is your induction into the church. You're not saved by it, but it is the outward expression of what God did inside of you. And there's the revelation of God's triune nature, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And look at verse 20, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. If I asked you right now to name all off Jesus' commands, some of you would just go to the Old Testament and just say, thou shall not lie, thou shall not steal. Jesus taught more than thou shall not. He didn't just tell you to stop doing bad things. He gave you a whole lot of commands to do good things. 
He said to pray. He said to help the poor. He said to raise your family a certain way. He said to go out and touch the world. All of those commands need to be taught. Can you say amen? Thank you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There is a promise of God's presence inside of you and I as disciples to, the, to what he does not give to anybody else. John 16 uh, is the Lord's prayer where he prays that God would be with us as he has been with him. John 17, correct? Is, the Lord's prayer is found there, John 17, 16. Where's Seventh, thank you. Just went off the top of my head. Help me, Jesus. But listen to this prayer. He says, I do not pray for those in the world, but those you have given me out of the world to come into the body of Christ. You might say, Pastor, I thought he loves all of us. He does. But he does not favor and indwell all of us. Psalms 1 says it like this. Blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of the sinner, walk in the counsel of the wicked, or sit in the seat of the mocker. There's three things you're either doing in life, standing, walking, or sitting. Psalms 1 says, God will not bless you if you're standing where the wicked stand, walking like the wicked walk, and sit where the mockers are. Blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of the wicked, walk in the counsel of the ungodly, sit in the seat of the mocker. But his, uh, but the Bible says, but the man of God delights in the law of the Lord, and upon his law does he meditate day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and his leaf does not wither. Somebody say, bless! Come on, say it like you mean it. Somebody say, bless! Okay, the blessed person is not the wicked person. Psalms 1, look at it when you go home. If you want God to be with you always, be with him. Carry the word and the word will carry you. The omnipresence of God, his ever presence is here. But he is not in here with everybody's life. Are you all tracking with me today? He only favors those who favor his cause. If you want God to be on your side, living in your heart, be a disciple. That's a promise he gave them. Check it out in John 17 as well. Somebody say community. Thank you. I want you to see the definition of community today. It's a group of interacting people living in some proximity, in space, time, or relationship, sharing common values with social cohesion. Now, here we go. I want you to track this out. I am not a Chicago native. How many Chicagoans do I have here today? Born and bred. Chicago, baby. Come on. I can't even do your accent, but sausage, sausage. Okay. So... Doubles. That's all I remember of Chicago. Doubles. I don't even hear anybody talk like that, by the way. Anyways, but I wish I could. Some of you are like, Pastor, stop trying. Okay. So I was born and raised because in Indiana, Fort Wayne, Indiana, about 300,000 people there, because my mom and dad did not want me to be in Chicago anymore, I guess, because they met and married in Chicago, and they were one of those who ran away far off into the cornfields of Indiana. And my dad can tell you the story of why he was brought up uh, around 55th in, in uh, Archer by Midway Airport. My mom was in Chicago Heights, correct? And, and they met, and uh, they fell in love, and they moved out there and had me. So I grew up in all four directions, cornfields. Uh, I grew up in a place, you know, where, where we're for fun. We would, you know, sneak around into the neighborhood and set stuff on fire that was part of the community. Like we had community basketball courts in our, in our suburban neighborhood. We would set them on fire. We had community like soccer goals. We would set them on fire. We would spray paint our, our, our sidewalks that we had in this suburb. As a matter of fact, my dad will tell you that he lives in another suburban neighbor, not the one I grew up in, but they just spray painted your garage door about a year ago, put something very graphic on there in the suburbs. Everybody go help us, Jesus. 
So anyways, I was born and raised there, but I was not living for God, okay? By the time I was 11 years old, I started breaking into houses for Pop-Tarps and my friend's Nintendo games. And we were smoking cigarettes in the back. Yeah, and I got brought to the jailhouse, and we got in some trouble, and Dad whooped my butt. By the time I was 16 years old, I was a high school dropout selling and doing drugs. By the time I was eight years old, 18 years old, hooked on drugs, and already arrested eight times. My mother led me to the Lord at her kitchen table, and I gave my life back to Jesus Christ, and she gave me the Bible that I had from Christian school. From there, I began to seek the Lord, and as I was working as a pizza delivery man, I was dropping off pizzas to a nursing home, and there was an old woman there, and I went to shake her hand, and they said, don't shake her hand because she'll bite you. And I'm like, you don't know where I've been. Man, I'll shake an old woman's hand any day. So I shook her hand. I'm like, Jesus loves you. She's like, thank you, Sonny. And I was so happy I did that. And I go into the car, and then Jesus says to me, he says, I put a call on your life to reach out and touch hurting people. Others will tell you to stop, but keep touching them. So I knew at that moment I was called. A few months later, I was at a vineyard conference in our town, and the vineyard was like the Jesus culture, the IHOP of the day. So we were like winds of worship getting down, you know, holy and anointed one. We were singing these songs. And then a preacher came up, and he talked about, church planning and he said man God is raising up a new generation of church planners he said if that's you come on up here so I went up to that conference and I said that's me Jesus would you use me and God put his spirit on me and he said I'm going to use you to plant churches look around these people they're going to do the same thing and even some will give their lives for me but you'll see the reward when you get to heaven so then I heard about a Bible college in New Orleans and you know New Orleans is very much south mostly African American community God took me out of my comfort zone moved down to New Orleans went to college for two years got associate degree and then for five years worked in the hood nine different project areas in the day and then the french quarter and bourbon street at night come on come on somebody say yeah baby look at your neighbor and say knowledge for jesus you heard me you heard me don't you get mad at me latinos come on come on don't you be like you ain't gonna be like that come on i always give a little sun sun for the puerto ricans up in this house you know come on fuego y'all get excited you know what i'm saying okay but somebody just said you heard me okay so that's that's new orleans right there so i'm down there working for jesus and then god tells me to merge the church after five years to another pastor there come up to chicago and uh work in a church when my best friend was leaving and then god told us to leave from there and start a church here in our house and this this march we turned seven years old are you all tracking with me amen we'll give a hand clap for that my life story but I always love Chicago, and it's my favorite place to be because when my parents would take us up here to see our relatives that still lived here, I would see the lights. I would see the city. I would be like, man, I want to live here one day. This is such an awesome city. And when I was living for the devil, my sister let me come into her house out in Naperville, and, and we would party and get high, and I would go to the Palodrome. Anybody hear the Palodrome? Okay, nobody here. That's okay. I'm a little embarrassed now. Uh, so I would go to this club called the Palodrome in Palatine, and I would go to these clubs downtown, and nobody liked me and I, would just know, I had no friends and I got so lonely and that was actually part of the thing that brought me back home and got me saved but it was such a love in my heart for Chicago and so when God brought me here and said this is your city I just began to fall in love with this city I said this is a dream come true I actually even had a dream where I saw the skyline and God was setting it on fire and bringing me here
And I just began to fall in love with all the different culture groups. And one of the first ones in Ciudad Day, my favorite in my corazón, my gente, is the Boricuas. Because I saw Humble Park and Boricua Fest out there. And I said, man, I've got to go out there. And guess what? As a youth pastor, do you know what they told me? They said, you don't want to go out there. Those Puerto Ricans are crazy. And I'm like, you're Puerto Rican. I know they're crazier than me. I am serious. The Puerto Rican friends that I had said, oh, you don't want to go out there. Just like the day in the nursing home. They said, you don't want to go out there. And I started going out there by myself. And I fell in love. And we've been going out there ever since. We're one of the only churches that parks right there on California North, puts out the sound system, gives free arroz cocondoles, hallelujahs. And then we just go out there for Jesus. People get saved. I love it. And then God had me fall in love with a totally different community. I heard about Belmont and Clark Boys Town, Sashay. And I just went out there and I said, hey, fellas, let me just tell you all something. I'm in love with a man, too. And his name is J-E-S-U-S. And this time when I get married, I'm going to be the bride, too. Well, come on, somebody. My wife will tell you, we went out to Belmont and Clark. Man, I had so much fun. I mean, I would go out there on my mountain bike and my little tight bike shorts, and I would just ride out there, and I would just have me some fun, man. They would love on me, and then it would be, it would be weird, too, because I would make friends with them, and then I would meet them for lunch, and it would be like me with the, the gay guy I'm ministering to, and the waiter would come. We'd be right down there. Hey, fellas, you're a cute couple. What y'all want today? And then I'm like, no, no, I'm his pastor. And I, oh, you're a pastor? Okay. Shh. And I'll be like, that would make it worse. And I'll be like, no, I'm his pastor, and I love Jesus, and I'm married. Oh, on the down low, huh? Okay. Okay. And I just stopped saying, yes, couple, here we are. Here I am. Yes, that's what it was like. I can tell you. Oh, I fell in love with Belmont and Clark. Man, I love Belmont and Clark. And then a whole nother community, the high schools of this city. And if you ever have anybody from Lane Tech in your youth group or around you, they have to tell you all the time where they go. I go to Lane Tech. I go to Lane Tech. You come to our school, you see trophies everywhere, four hallways. And I'm like, big deal. Come on, I went to Northrop in, you know, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I go down. They go, you got to come, Pastor. So we go out there and bring some pizza to their high school. And I think I'm... I'm walking on a college campus. I'm like, this place is huge. How many of you go here? 5,000. I'm like, this is the size of the town we lived in. Oh, man, then I fell in love with Lane Tech, Shores, uh, Clemente, Northside Prep, Foreman, all of these wonderful schools. God allowed me. Yes, God bless you. There you go. God bless you. You're special. We can tell you're special. And so, and so all of these schools, these high schools, and man, the sports that they would play and the, and the things that they were into, man, I just fell in love with the youth. And, and then, you know, all just the different foods that there is. And we love during the time of Fourth of July here at Metro Praise to have an all-nations dinner. We get all the kind of food that we have here in the church, 22 nations, and everybody brings something. Come on, somebody say community. And so it doesn't matter if you're like me, a transplant to this city, or whether or not you are born and raised in this city. We are here now, and we're part of the same community. And it doesn't matter if you live in an apartment or you live in a house, condo. It doesn't matter. God has you in a special place. And here's the taste of Chicago. Just, a, just an idea of the amount of people that we have in this city as an opportunity to fall in love with this community and share life with them. I want you, you to look at some of the things that community is. 
is. Community is the people we live with. So you have a community in your family, the neighborhoods you live in, the people you work with, and of course, the city you live in. Come on, somebody say community. I want you to think about today, as I'm going to show you this video, I want you to think about what you can do in your community right now to begin to edify and build up the name of Christ. So that Jesus is not a swear word on the mouths of people anymore. But Jesus is glorified because you're so good at being a neighbor. You're so good at being a co-worker. You're so good at being a driver in traffic. That they just see your bumper sticker and go, oh yeah, I can tell they're a Christian. Instead of them going, that blanking Christian just cut me off. Yes, that's happened in the church van before. Anyways, moving on. Uh, we want you to live out the greatest Christian life you can here in this community, I want you to see how this mom did and you was using her community to make a difference. Uh, gentlemen, would you get that video ready uh, for us, please? And as they do, just think of the different ways you can be used uh, to make a difference in your community. And as we're waiting for the video, just look to your neighbor and talk about community, where you live, your neighborhood, favorite things that you like to do in life. There we go. Every day on the way to school, I stop at Sonic. And uh, when you do that every day for a whole school year, you get to know the girl behind the window. That started the relationship with Sandra. And I'd check in on her. She was a single mother trying to make it. I lost touch with her for, for a few months. Um, my job changed. In those three months, I was doing uh, my morning Bible study. And this devotional I was doing, uh, said to consider three people in your life who didn't know the Lord. I couldn't come up with three people. And I became com completely convicted that my circle of influence was too small, that there were people around me that were hurting to know Jesus. I didn't see him. I was too busy. So I simply prayed that God would open my eyes. And if I saw people with a need, I promised God that I would do whatever I could to help be the hands and feet of Jesus through them. Two days later, I stopped at Sonic, and Sandra was there, but she was in a world of hurt. She and her kids were living on the street. So my family and I started trying to meet her needs, uh, tried to find her housing. Um, we helped her get a, a better job. Um, but a single mom working uh, all those hours, she had a hard time getting everything done. She'd put her laundry in the back of her car, and I'd go by in the afternoons and pick it up and, and, and do her laundry. I just wanted to make it a little bit easier for her, and hopefully in the process, uh, show her Jesus. It has changed everything about my life and, and my family. When I pray with my kids every night, my daughter and I pray thankfulness for the blessings we're given, but also every night we pray that God makes us grateful people because that's what it's shown me is how blessed I am. And because of the amount of blessing, how responsible I am to not hoard the blessing, but to give it away. And it astounds my kids. The other day we went through the, the drive-through and out of nowhere, uh, the girl 
who often fills our drinks in the afternoon, out of nowhere she said she needed a bed. And I said, well, I can ask. I can ask around. I can see if somebody's got a spare bed. As we drove away, my son looked at me in astonishment. He goes, Mom, why do these people ask you these things in the drive-through? And I told him, it's because I prayed that God would show me the needs that people have around me. So if it means the girl at, in the drive-through needs a bed and I can take her a bed and tell her about Jesus and why it is that I want to love her, then that's what we do. Oh, making a difference. I want to share with you a few things that I believe we can be the best at. As we look at our community, there's people around us that are hurting all the time. And if we're truly going to fulfill the vision that God has given Metro Praise to love God and love people, that means we've got to get out into the community. And when we talk about what we can be the best at, think of the things that you can be the best at in these areas. Areas You can be the best roommate. So you don't need to be a jerk and be like, that's my mayonnaise. The first thing that I had a problem with was when I was in Bible college, all the Bible college students were putting on their, their mayonnaise, like Bob's mayonnaise, Gary's ramen noodles. And I'm like, guys, we're in ministry studying to give our lives away, and you won't even share your mustard we are in trouble right now this is not looking good okay uh, we need to be the best roommates we need to be the best neighbors okay your neighbors can be very weird sometimes and your neighbors are in a church right now and they're thinking about you being the weirdy we're all weirdy to other people but we need to learn to get along and I'm especially talking about the neighbors that shovel their driveways and put the chairs out there in front you've got to love those neighbors okay gets quiet when I talk like that because you're probably that neighbor right now and if somebody parks in your spot you're like dear God hold me back hold me back you're in my spot I shoveled it all day long I put a chair here how dare you satanas how dare you take my spot we should be the best roommates the best neighbors how about the, how about the best co-workers we shouldn't be the ones starting the fights talking bad about the boss we should be the ones getting stuff done working the hardest we should be the best drivers beep beep just want to tell you I love you thank you you. How many know the courtesy wave? You know what I'm talking about? You let somebody and you give the courtesy wave. Do you ever feel hurt when you don't get it back? It's like, oh, Dito, you hurt me. Why'd you do that? You know, it's like I let you in and then, you, then I waved and you didn't give it back, you know? I mean, I have watched people pin another car into, you know, this one uh, guy was driving. He cut another guy off. The guy that was upset pinned him into the side of the, the alley so he couldn't leave and was trying to provoke a fight with him. I have met people in this church that have told me they've gotten in full-out fights before they were saved over road raids. Help us, Lord! I mean, we need to be the best, okay? We need to be the best Chicagoans we can be. Now, before you just think to yourself, Pastor, well, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I want you to hear my heart today. Our life group leaders are praying this week because we're meeting at the, uh, the end of the month. Every Saturday is our meeting. We're meeting this Saturday, and we're talking about how our life groups can adopt a community event or a service every single month, whether it's taking the place of one life group a month. So it's like the last uh, life group of the month, we go to this place. Every life group is going to do something great for God in the community now. Can you say amen? 
Let me just give you some of the ideas that have already been done. Some in the life group have taken out soup to the cold days to the train stop, the blue line, and given out the soups there. Just this last Tuesday, a life group brought out roses to the ladies on their life group night and gave them out and invited them out to, the, to their uh, Bible study. Another one is to go to a laundromat and say, hey, the last Sunday of every month we'll go to this laundromat with a, with a jar of $25 worth of quarters, and we're just going to pay for people's laundry and say this is a gift from God. It's time that we start making a difference even more than we ever have before. I want to give you just a couple examples here of how I've seen God use me, not as a pastor, but just as a person like you in everyday community. How many know I'm not Superman and my boots aren't in the closet? I don't have a cape under my, my suit right now, right, under my outfit. How many know he's not Superman? Say he's not Superman. He's close, but not Superman. Okay, Watch. There's one pastor here. We're about ready to graduate 12. This is our last year of SUM. Took him four years to get there. So we are going to have a lot of staff coming on board here. But watch this. As of right now, there's one pastor. Here he is. Ta-da. Here I am. We have about 250 people that call this their church. Let me ask you a question. Should one guy do it by himself or should all 250 of us do it? Okay, we're not, we're, we're not all up this morning. We need everybody to be on the same page. Some of you all thinking, I think you should do it. Okay, let's. Let's take our time. Let's just think through this again. There's one of us that can do it, or all 250 of us should do it. A is the one guy doing it. B is everybody doing it. How many think it's B? Woo! You guys are so awesome. I knew that's what you felt the whole time. Okay. Imagine if we all just did something like that woman did. Let me give you an example. Yesterday, I'm flying back from New Orleans, and there is like a crazy storm coming from Houston to New Orleans. It was flooded bad. Water was already up to the to trunks and hoods of cars like this high. And guess where my flight was going? Right to Houston to go back home. So I had to, to wait like an hour and a half, two hours, and we got all the bumpy rides, and then we land, and everything's going crazy, and the flight attendants are going crazy. And they just told us like an hour before the plane was even going to leave, they're like, all y'all go sit in the plane. And so we're like sitting in the plane and they're figuring out all these flights that have been messed up. And, and, and I had ran to get there like seriously chucking, man. I mean, I was about ready to pass and faint out. And I'm waiting in the plane. It's like 8 o'clock. We finally get up in the air. And, and, and I'm just like dying to get something to drink, something to eat. But I just chose at this moment. Somebody say he chose to love on that stewardess. Come on, she came by. I go, how are you doing? And I was like, it was hard, but I tried. And I was just, how are you doing? And I'm faking the smile. But I had to be nice to him because I'm thinking, you guys just had a bad day. And I'm like, man, you guys had a tough day, didn't you? Oh, yeah, it's tough. But, you know, I love my job. This is why I do it. I go, yeah, you know, I can never do what you guys do. You're up here for eight hours. You're just serving people. I read a whole article on what you guys really do. And, by the way, the pilots have a smaller seat than we do. They are in a little cramped spot with their thing right in front of them. I read a whole article about it and they showed the pictures nobody's having a good time up there in that sense they're working and they're cramped and so I got my my little doodiddle thing and you know what she said she said you're so nice and just to be nice to you I want to give you these three free things of of Pringles that would cost like ten dollars you know what I'm saying she's like here you go you see now that is not how I normally treat the stewardess that is not I'm normally the one that's you know, about ready to get tased, okay? I haven't done it right all the time. But I just said to myself, wow, it works. And then I thought of a, a more serious situation. Uh, I was at a place in New Orleans. Our favorite place was called the Charlie Stop, which was right on St. Charles Road where the Charlies would go down in New Orleans. Really cool thing to look at. And we would go to this all-night diner, get gumbo, get the red beans and rice, shrimp, poor boys, man, 24-7. It was so good. And there was this waiter there named Mike. And Mike was so cool, man. You know, he would give us extra of everything, just love on us. But one day Mike came to me. 
and he was serving, and you could tell he was downcast, man. Mike was not having a good day. And I go, what's up, Mike? What's going on? And he said, I just lost my sister. He said, my sister just died because of cancer. And I go, oh, man, that is so hard. That is so hard. I can't even uh, relate to what you're feeling right now. You are probably just feeling super sad. And he goes, I am feeling so bad. I don't even want to be at work right now. But I say, you know what? I lost my sister at one time, died drinking and driving, my mother, her daughter. And I said, man, God healed my mom's heart. God heals broken hearts. God can heal your heart. Can I pray with you right here at this restaurant? He said, sure, would you pray for me? And I began to pray for him there at the restaurant table, and a tear began to trickle down his eye, and I could just tell that God was touching him. And I said, Mike, here's my card. You know I'm a pastor. You know we come in here all the time. Let me know if there's anything else we can do for you. The next day, Mike calls me up, and he says, Joe, this is Mike uh, You know, from Charlie. Stop. What's going on? I go, Mike, what's up? He says, Joe, i got to tell you something I never told you. I live in a hotel. I go, Mike, why do you live in a hotel? He said, because I have a $500 a day crack habit. Everything I make, they're working all night long. I spend all day smoking on crack. I go to the hotel for a few hours. I pay for it by the hour, and I go back to work to do it all over again for the night shift. I go, Mike, what can we do for you? He says, man, I really want to get off drugs. And when you prayed for me, I felt Jesus. Uh, do you know any place I can go? I said, Mike, you can come to my house right now. I brought Mike into my house personally, then brought him to a drug rehabilitation program, and God began to work in his life. But I moved out to uh, Chicago during that time, and I lost touch with him. But during the time of Hurricane Katrina in 2005, I went back out there, and I was at this massive church, and there was a guy on a fork truck, lo- a fork truck a forklift loading up food for a truck to go out and give more food and supplies and I looked in the distance and it looked like Mike I go Mike he goes Joe I go Mike Joe Mike Joe we started running and then we came and we hugged each other and it was bromantic and I and I, and I said what's up Mike he said man I've been serving God I went from the drug rehab to on staff at this church and I love helping people thank you for helping me it was so awesome to see Mike's life touch just because I took time to pay attention to the waiter how many times do we not pay attention to the waiters like, you know, come here. When was the last time we asked them how their day was going? Another story involves my best friend. I was just with him in New Orleans. He's now planning a church there, Wayne Northrup. And uh, Wayne was with Joey Hip being trained to be an evangelist, a traveling preacher. And Joey Hip is one of those southern gentlemen. It's everything is yes, sir, no, sir. Hold your utensils like this. Speak proper to ladies. Say, say what you mean very clearly. I mean, just a man from L.A., lower Alabama. He did not play around. And him and Wayne would travel around together. Man, they would catch these red eyes. They would be in their suits, 4.30 at the airport, going out at 5.30, ready to go preach in some place on Sunday morning the next day. And so when Joey would say, be on time, he meant five minutes early. And so they showed up at this airport, red eye. They're there at 4 in the morning, and they're going. Joey's walking. You know, he's got his briefcase. Wayne's behind him. And all of a sudden, Wayne stops to talk to a window washer. And Joey tells the story like this. Joey gets down the, 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 the walkway. He looks behind, and he sees. Wayne and he's like Wayne come on and, and Wayne's just you know putting up his finger you know just a minute just a minute and, and then he says he basically lost his salvation Wayne you need to come here we're going to miss our flight and Wayne Wayne's not moving so he's about ready to give a bit uh, like a good old southern beat down to Wayne right there like boy I'm going to put you down with a switch so he's walking over to Wayne red face yelled at him and he gets to where Wayne is and he sees the window washers just crying Tears coming right down the guy's face. And the window washer looks, looks at Joey and says, are you with this young man? 
He said, he said, yeah, that's, that's, that's my son, spiritual son. He said, he, he just told me I was doing a good job. He appreciated what I was doing. He said, I've worked at this airport for 30 years, and no one's ever stopped to tell me good job. You see, this man worked there his whole life as a janitor cleaning windows. And God put it on Wayne's heart, true story, just to stop and say, sir, just want to tell you you're doing a good job. Thank you for what you do out here. God wanted me to let you know he's proud of what you do here. He began to cry. See, God touched that man's life through just a simple compliment and a genuine heart of concern. And then I think about us going to the west side here in Chicago. Once again, the same paranoia. You know, we were looking for a building when we were leaving this place we were renting on Irving Park and uh, Keeler right here, Old Irving Park Methodist. And when we were going around, I found that there were some empty properties all like around like Cicero and Divisionary. And I was like, wow, there's so many empty properties over there. What's going on? And then people are like, oh, you don't know. Oh, my gosh. It's the west side. And there's all types of mean people out there. You don't want to have a church out there. And I'm like, Yes, I do. They're like, no, you don't. I'm like, yes, I do. So I go over there. I'm on the west side, right by Cicero and Division, some dilapidated building. And I'm like, yeah, we could put a church here, kind of. And I'm trying to think about it. And then a prostitute comes and solicits me. And then, and then I'm like showing her my wedding ring. She's like, no, I'm going to give you some. And so I like got scared of the prostitute. It's about ready to beat me up. I'm like, no, thank you, Jesus. So I go into my car and I'm just like, okay, God. And then the, the building didn't come through. We got that building on diversity and then we were praying one day and I was asking the Lord God uh, you know the church is going good now we're paying the bills where do you want us to go serve and God said you remember that place where the dilapidated building was yes Lord you remember where you were solicited by a prostitute yes Lord remember all those scary people are on the corner yes Lord. that's where I want you to go so we spent a whole month we spent a whole month preparing to go to Ohio Park and it's just a small little community had a dilapidated park a little place of assisted living for those that have some uh, some financial issues and a, and a lot of single mothers mostly African American in that neighborhood and so we said we're going to go there we're going to provide the needs there we're going to show up there and so we came there man with, with our hot dog cooker and everything and, and, and I was the first one to go out there and be like guys we we can do it. We can talk to the scary guys. So I walk right up to the corner, you know, and they're puffing blunts, and you can smell the weed. And I'm like, hey, guys, are you the police now? Are you buying crack? No. So what do you want? We want you to come to our barbecue. And I'm telling you, smiling with gold teeth and everything, what's up, baby? They're like, we ain't never had a church here before. I got four baby mamas with ten baby kids. We all coming down. And so I'm telling you, man, these scary-looking dudes were coming down, and they were like, you a cool pastor. You really the pastor? I'm the pastor, baby. Oh, you a cool pastor. I'm telling you. And then all of a sudden, Kathy Adams, sophisticated African-American woman with her college education, came up to me, shook my hand. She said, are you the pastor here? I said, yes, I am. She said, my name is Kathy, Kathy Adams. I go to Living Word Church. I work as an administrative assistant. God just has put me back in my mother's home in this community. And I've been praying that I could do something here in this community. And I've been waiting for a spark to set me on fire. She says, can I join this ministry? I said, yes, you can. She began to establish weekly prayer meetings there they began to clean the block all different times of the week she set up a baptist school program and she gave them out school supplies got an award from the mayor redid the whole entire park and goes out there many times why because god set her on fire to fulfill her purpose how many people are out there waiting for people like us just to do what jesus told us to do he said love your neighbor as you do yourself 
I want you to look at three ways today to build community. Here they are right now. Are you ready? Number one, love. Let's open up our Bibles to Mark 12, 33. The only way we can do this is with love. That's the only way we can do this. You have to love people. The best story that describes the love of God in the Bible for this sense is the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan to me is Jesus' best parable on how to love your neighbor because when he started telling the people to love their neighbor, you could tell they got a little sass and attitude. They said, well, who's my neighbor then? And Jesus said, let me tell you who your neighbor is. He said there was a story about a Jewish man on his way to Jericho on the road there. Thieves bum-rushed him, took his money, and beat him up. He was a Jewish man. What kind of man was he, class? Jewish man. He's there on the floor. Guess who comes? A Jewish priest sees him, turns the other way, walks on the other side of the street. Priest, like a pastor today. He then says, then a Jewish Levite, who was like an upper-class person of that time, like an elder, a, a person that was esteemed, he turns his head the other way and goes on the other side of the street. Jesus then says a Samaritan comes. And what was a Samaritan? Samaritan was half Jewish and half a pagan race, either from Babylon, Assyria, or from Rome. And they were called dogs and half-breeds by the Jewish people of that day. The Jewish people were not kind to them. And Jesus says a Samaritan comes. And he does what the Jewish priest and the Jewish Levite didn't do. He stopped and he helped him and he pours in the wine and he pours in the, which is the, you know, alcohol serves as a, as a cleaning uh, agent. And he gives him what he needs in bandages, puts him on his horse, takes him to the, uh, the inn and doesn't only meet his temporary needs. He says to the innkeeper, here's what he'll need for the recovery of long-term needs. And I'll even be back to check on him. Jesus says, that's your neighbor. Do the same thing. Even if you see someone of a different culture, a different race, a different economic class, rich, poor, he says, you help them and you do for them as you would want done to you. Jesus said, these are the greatest commandments to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. It is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. God is looking at what you do for others more importantly than even what you do for yourself and your own family. The Bible says taking care of your family is common sense. It's not a sacrifice. I know we look at the sacrifices we make for our family, but the Bible says that is common sense. What really takes sacrifice is for you to care about somebody else's family, somebody else's uh, food. And so we can look around at this church right now and say, how can we begin to meet needs? How can we begin to use the little that we have to meet needs? Maybe you can't clothe every person that needs it, but maybe there's one person you can. Maybe you can't give everybody some groceries, but maybe there's a family that you can. Maybe you can't take everybody to church in a car, but you can. Maybe you can't help every coworker with their lunch, but maybe there's one coworker you can. See, if you begin to love people the way Jesus does, and if we begin to ask God for those opportunities, I guarantee you they'll start showing up in your life. Can somebody say love? Thank you. The second thing we need is to serve. Look at Matthew 20, 25 through 28. See, love without action is just an emotion. If I just told my wife, honey, I love you, but I'm going to be gone for three weeks, and I'm not going to call you or talk to you or write you, how many know that ain't love? How many know when I come home, it's going to be an empty house? <whistles> Little sage breath blowing by. <sighs> love is an action. If you love your children, show them that you love them in word, action, and deed. Do something for them. If you say you love your spouse, do something for them in word, action, and deed. If you love your neighbor, do something for them in love, action, and deed. Amen? Serve. Matthew 20, 25 through 28 says this. 
Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. How many have ever had a mean boss? Okay. How many have ever had a mean teacher in life? How many have ever had mean customers, demanding customers? How many have ever met a mean person in their life? Is there anybody here this morning? Okay, you've met a mean person. You know, mean people are demanding. You come and do this now. Why? Because I said so. I remember the first time I got saved, and my mom will tell you I had a job, and that was like the real evidence I was saved is because I had a job, okay? I had quit 30 up until then. She's like, I know he's saved now. He got a job, and he cleans his house. Praise the Lord. Well, they, they were persecuting me on the job, the manager, and this one gentleman, and, and they would never have done it if I wasn't a Christian. And so they would just push my buttons every time I was there. They would cuss me out. They would call me names because they knew I was a Christian, and they just wanted to see how far they could take me, okay? And then they just kept pushing, and they just kept pushing, and I was praying, and they just kept pushing. And then finally I said, hey, you want to know something, buddy? And I just got up in their face, and I cursed them out. And then on my way home being fired, I said, how am I going to tell my mom I just got fired as a Christian? And my mom is here, and she'll tell you. And I said, Mom, I got fired. What did you do? I cussed them out. I got up in their face. And I said, we'll take it outside, and I'll knock you out. And she said, you know what you got to do. And I said, I don't know what I got to do. What do I got to do? I don't know. She says, you got to call them and say you're sorry. No, that's not what I got to do. I can tell you right now, that is not what I got to do. I don't feel like doing that. She said, no, you got to do that. And then all of a sudden, the weight of the Holy Spirit. How many know the Holy Spirit convicts? Boom, just sat on my chest. And I'm telling you something. I could cuss out people like the best of them and just keep sipping on my Slurpee. I didn't care about you. It didn't bother me. I thought I was right. You deserved it. But now as a Christian, as a baby Christian, God just placed his hand right on my heart. And he said, Joe, I've called you to do better than that. You're not supposed to be that way. And I'll tell you what, when I called them up, it was like, he has the manager there. I'm sorry. I mean, it took everything inside of me. Is the other person there? Hey, Bobby, I didn't mean that, and I didn't mean you needed to put that where I told you to put that. <sighs> Just sorry for telling you to do all that stuff. <laughs> and then I was still fired, but I knew I was right with God. Ding. <laughs> Have you ever been there before? Come on, I mean, is this the perfect church I just switched up with today? I mean, I mean, are you the perfect one? Maybe you should be preaching today and just talk about what it's like with angel dust and angels wing. Just everywhere you go, just twinkle, twinkle. I never get mad in traffic. Never curse out anybody. You probably never lose your, your temper with your kids. Spouses never lose their temper. Come on, let's keep it real. How many times have we lost our temper, not been the one serving, but the one demanding, telling people as it is? God says, that's the way the Gentiles are. They know how to boss you around. They know how to force you to do things. They know how to manipulate you with your words. He says, not so with you. Look at your neighbor and say, not so with you. Come on, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants you to be first, uh, wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. 
Was Jesus a servant upon this earth? Yes, he was. And he gave his life as a ransom. And you know why he could do that? He tells you the secret, y'all. While he was on the cross being crucified by his own creation, he looked up to the Father and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. There will come times in your life, and it sounds better with a southern accent, that you just got to look at them, look back at yourself in the mirror, and just go, they don't know no better. They just don't know no better. Look at your neighbor and say, they don't know no better. They don't know no better. They are full of the devil. They're living for sin. They're living for greed. They don't know no better. That customer don't know no better. That person coming to you don't know no better. Your boss don't know no better. You see, we are here to serve them even when they don't know no better. You serve them with love. And it doesn't feel good. But you say, I'm going to be different because I want to make a difference in this community. Amen. I mean, I could keep you here all day where my apologies have been thrown right back in my face. But I went to bed that night with the peace in my heart going, God, I did what you told me to do. Last one, forgive. Will you turn with me to Matthew 6, 9 through 15? We're going to read the Lord's Prayer. And then we're going to read it, uh, read the last part of it, which most people skip over together. And then we will pray to make a difference. Can I hear an Amen. Thank you. Would you read it together with me? One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now I'll continue to read, which most of us go past. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, you will, your Father will not forgive you your sins. My friends, if you ever try to help people, they will offend you. You better learn how to forgive. I brought in 30 homeless people into my house. I would have people leave my house wearing the clothes that I gave them, cussing me out, going, and you call yourself a pastor. We'll just blank you. And I'm looking at them going, dude, you're wearing my shirt. You're wearing my pants. Like, what do you mean I don't love you? Like, I'm sorry I didn't buy you a pony with a balloon attached to it, but I'm doing all that I can here. I mean, I fed, I mean, we would feed upwards. I fed probably about 40,000 people in the projects. We would bring tons, like four semi-load trucks of food out to the Magnolia projects, Calio projects. And I remember, I mean, there would be times when there would be some mother in my face going, how dare you? I, you gave me Cocoa Pups and I only eat Lucky Charms. What is wrong with you? And I'm like, listen, lady, I'm trying my best. I don't know where your Cocoa Pups are. And she's like, plankety, plankety, plank, plank, plank. And I'm like, listen, just take them all and go home then. Just take it. You just eat everything you want. I mean, I'm just leaving. I quit. My friends, I'm damn serious. I'm, look at your neighbor go, he's serious. I mean, they got mad about the Cocoa Pups and I'm just trying to help. But then you go home and you go, Jesus, forgive them, Lord. Oh, God, forgive them. Oh, God, help me to forgive them. God, forgive them. Forgive the person that took my parking spot, Jesus. I want to bless them right now with four flat tires, but forgive them, Jesus. Forgive them, Lord. They don't know no better. God, forgive my coworker who just took my client and my bonus. Bless them, Lord. Don't let their vacation go bad and they get sick with the flu. Just keep them healthy, Lord. Keep them healthy and bless them and bless them. 
You know it's hard to forgive. But when you're helping people, you have to forgive because they will use and abuse you. They will call you names. Hey, they crucified Jesus. They'll try to do the same to you. But that does not give us an excuse to stop loving and serving them. Why? Because Jesus forgave us of our great sins. We can forgive them of their sins. Amen. Would you stand to your feet if you believe it? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Band, would you come, please? Man, come on. In closing today, I'm going to ask that life group leaders would come to the front. We want to ask you today to join with us to make community in Chicago the best that it can be. Where can Metro Praise start today? I believe the place we can start today is life groups. Would you put up that slide for me, please, brother? Life groups are a place spread out all throughout the community. And they're here for you to begin to make a difference in this community. Maybe your group is going to go to that laundromat. Maybe they'll adopt the high school next to them. I want you this week, every member of Metro Praise, please find a life group. And then come to them at your life group this week with your ideas. We may not be able to do all of them right now, but we can start some of them. We can start some of them. Ricky and Rachel Sundays at 7 p.m. There's Ricardo right there. Amen. Eddie Berto and Griselda Sundays at 6 p.m. There's Griselda. Ishmael and Robin Sundays at 3 p.m. There they are. Jared and Sue Ellen Walker are both right now in New Orleans, but there's Michelle. She's the very prego assistant. Would love to tell you about their group. Thursdays at 6 p.m. David and Monica, Friday at 7 p.m. We have three for the youth now. Ellen Lilani, Sundays at 2 p.m. There's Ellie and Cynthia and Adam are both at the Mardi Gras. And Dodie Ma is one of our young people working with them. You can join them as well. Sundays at 3 and 6 p.m. This is where we start. This is what we do. We go to church on Sundays and we go out and find a life group to make a difference during the week. I know you're probably already starting to think right now for good ideas. But don't leave out of here until you pray as a group. And if you're new or you haven't found a life group yet, just pick one that maybe works with your schedule. They won't hold you to it. You can try them all if you want. That's fine. But just go up to a group and close out in prayer today as a group. Because we want you to feel community today. Community starts when you join it. Now, there are people out there that say, oh, man, I don't want to be a part of community. I'm going to be all rebellious and and anarchist, and I'm going to be homeless. And a lot of them are in New Orleans right now. They're called gutter punks. But guess what they just joined when they did all of that? They joined the homeless community that's against the other people who have homes community. You can't run from community is my point. You commit a lot of crimes, you become a part of the jailhouse community. Start your community right now. It starts when you join it. And if you need prayer today for anything, if God convicted your heart, you need to ask him into your life. He's here. You can do that with any of them today. If you have issues in your family or just something that's burdening you, we want to carry that with you to Jesus. But everyone, when we dismiss, instead of going that way, let's go this way and join some community groups. Let's get some life today and start to share it. And throughout this week, let's start to pray. Where can we make the difference? Amen. Thank you, Father. I just bless you today for a church that cares about others, not just themselves. Lord, we have a lot of ideas here.
I pray that the laborers will now come so we can implement these ideas. That, God, each person will feel a a sense of responsibility to join a life group because they'll see this is what you want them to do. And at the same time, God, you'll bless them in the life group. With my own mom and dad here, I could testify growing up in a home where they had life groups every Friday, and I would be in my room with the kids playing the games as they would come. From those life groups, people like Sharon, a woman with bipolar and... um, uh, Um, cerebral palsy um, MS, multiple sclerosis was touched through my mom's life and ministry tour homeless people were fed as we took days to go out and feed the inner city I saw it in my parents life group God let it happen in this church let the homes be filled with visitors touching their neighbors and their lives in Jesus name and can everybody say amen amen would you give the Lord a hand clap today if you love him amen God bless you before you go now, would you just come this way? Andrew's going to put on some exciting music to motivate you to do that. Would you find a life group today? Meet somebody and just tell them you love them. God bless you. We'll see you at life groups. Your truth.